What up, fam? It's your man, Black and Belly, coming with another Black Man Over 50 podcast. And tonight, we coming with another heavyweight. We got Mr. Yusef Suda with over 40 plus years in business and development. But you know what? I'm not going to steal his thunder. Mr. Yusef, you out there? Can you hear me? Yes, sir, I can. Thank you. Oh, man. How you doing this evening? I'm doing well. Thank you. Oh, man. And we you? Are- we are so glad to have you on the podcast. You know, my listeners have been asking me, when are you going to get some guests out? We've had a few uh, guests over the last week or so, and we're just moving up and up and up this food chain. And we're just so blessed to have some of you powerful speakers come and join us here on the podcast. So if you would, can you get the listeners a little bit? And I know that you could... Uh, <laughs> We don't have enough time tonight with all the things that you've done. But can you give them a little background on yourself and let them know a little bit about a little bit about what you've done, Mr. Yusef? Sure. Um, my first love actually is architecture. I'm an architect by profession. I've been an architect for oh close to forty plus years. I still practice um, as a private uh, designer. I'm an organizational analyst, and that involves management consulting, training executives to know how to operate as an executive, showing them the skills that are required, the communications qualities that are essential for them to manage people since they are in the people business. Mm-hmm. Part of what I do as an organizational analyst is to ensure that a, the goals are clear to the CEO. That's essential because you have to have goal clarification. You cannot understand, you know it. understand. understand. And also assist the staff to understand the goals so that they're not being counterproductive to the intentions of the CEO, who in fact normally is a quote-unquote entrepreneur, more often than not, but only sometimes. Sometimes CEOs are hired by companies or corporations, uh, government or quasi-government or private companies, and also develop policies, procedures, projects that are essential to make certain that one knows that they are achieving the results that are necessary. Personal management, sales. Managing money, okay. what that means, Understood. developing the product uh, in a specific process depending on the product and or service, quality assuring that product and or service prior to it being sold, and then marketing and promoting those products and or services in order to assure that people know what you're selling or what is available for them to purchase. I'm also a, I train teachers, I train students, and prove the ability of students to study. That's important because education is an essential part of developing one's family and oneself in order to acquire the skills that are necessary to achieve the objectives or the future that they want or to manage the activity that they are going to manage. And that means getting another bachelor's degree, master's degree, or a doctorate degree. Um, so those are just some of the things that I do. But uh, I do also work with young men and assisting them to understand the value of becoming men as opposed to simply staying male. So that also gets into the realm of family development, uh, relationships between husband and wife, or mates, uh, things of that kind, because communication is an essential part to make certain that families can resolve issues, problems, and circumstances, because we all can have misunderstood situations that in fact threaten the stability of a household. So I do train people in those areas and a few other things beyond that. I think everybody can identify with that last one. Have problems in the house. Well, one of the the things my listeners can attest to is that we've had, over the last few guests that I've had, 
they can attest that all men of this caliber wear multiple hats. And one of the things I want you guys out there, fam, to understand when you listen to these overachievers is that none of them are in one line. And so there used to be an old saying, you know, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. And so you had people that had multiple skills, multiple talents, and they did things congruently in different lanes. So we got to get back to that. It just can't be one dimensional. So I'm going to go through four different topics that we're going to have tonight to kind of cultivate some of the things that Mr. Youssef just talked about. And one of the things he talked about was being an organizational analyst. He kind of went in depth of explaining how he can go into an organization and really do some in-depth research and helping that organization to accomplish the goals. He also talked about what I call a family cultivator. And that's a person that really goes into the family model and identifies different aspects of the family and helps the family structure themselves in a way that's going to be beneficial to the team and not just beneficial to one person. Another thing he talked about that we're going to touch on tonight that I very rarely have touched on so far in a lot of our episodes because we've been talking primarily about finance. And that's what people of his caliber think the role of a woman is in today's world as well as the last few decades. And what I mean by the role of a woman, fam, don't get all hyper out there. I'm talking about as it pertains to a mother, a daughter, a sister, even a co-worker. And so we want to talk about the perspective that men have of the role of a woman, not the perspective of TV, not the perspective of the social media, but the actual perspective of men talking on a one-on-one conversation. And then we will conclude by wrapping up a lot of this information and letting Yusuf give you guys a conclusion on a lot of the topics that we touched on. So with that being said, Mr. Yusuf, we want to start with this organizational analyst. I think that is a hot, hot topic. I think it's a very interesting uh, career. Um, I don't know much about it from the standpoint of how in-depth you were getting in terms of how you can go into an organization. But one of the things I want to touch on was you said you analyze an organization to get a specific outcome based on what I would assume in most cases is the company's mission statement. And so if you would, if you could touch on, when you say you analyze an organization, you know, every company in most cases just wants to make money. And when you start a business, your passion is whatever you start a business for. But unfortunately, there's so many outside things that go in into starting a business, like your accounting, your finance, hiring people, people skills, customer relations. And so when you talk about an organization achieving their goals based on their mission statement, what are some of the things you analyze when you walk into a company store? Well, the first person that's responsible for the flow of activity within a company is the CEO or chief executive officer. Chief executive officer can either be a person that's hired or the chief executive officer can be the person who began a company. Frequently, the entrepreneur becomes the CEO of the company because he has an idea of what he or she wishes to achieve. The mission statement serves 
provided it's, it's accurate and correct, it should contain the goal of the company. It is what is it that they're actually trying to produce as a product and or service that may in fact allow them at some point to exchange that service or that product for capital, i.e. money. In order to do that, the CEO must understand that he truly is in the people management business. If he doesn't understand and value that his greatest asset is his staff, his people, the byproduct of that is he always will be at some point in time having to find new people. Okay. So it, it becomes an essential part for him to understand those basic elements as a byproduct of that something which he has in mind. As an analyst, I explore the departments, the divisions, the tasks, the activity in order to assure that those tasks are being met and the overall summation of all of those services, product, and work that's being administered by that staff will result in a product. For example, if I bake cake and I know that the components of a cake obviously has to do with flour and milk and uh, icing and things of that kind, pots and pans and ovens and so on and so forth, I expect that by the end of a day that I will see cake being made. If I find that I'm getting um, um, skateboards being made, something's wrong. <laughs> okay. I understand. So, okay. 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 so, and that's just simply to make somewhat of an example of clarity to see that oftentimes we uh, say we want to produce one thing, but we end up producing another thing. So as an analyst, I walk through the entire organization, talk to staff, talk to administrators, talk to junior staff, talk to the guy who's in the shipping yard, uh, shipping uh, dock, and find out what is it is he's supposed to do. Does he know what that is? Oftentimes, the staff doesn't know what that is. Oftentimes, there's procedures and activities that have been incorporated or policies that are written or not written that are not consistent with the goals and purposes of an organization. So what I do is take all of those pieces and components usually amount to doing seven things. One, having to manage staff. Two, having to do with sales. Three, having to do with finance. Four, having to do with product production and or services. Five, quality assurance and quality control. Six, marketing and public relations. And seven, actually managing those activities as I just named through one, two, three, four, five, and six in order to assure that those things are being done and the product of that results in if I want cake, I get cake. Okay, well let me let me let me interject because on Black of Valley, with Black of Valley on Black Man Over Fifty podcast, we keep it one hundred. And my listeners know that I'm gonna ask the tough questions. We're gonna try to get right to the meat and so that we can all try to learn something and end better than we started. And so yes. my question is in today's techno world, and so mm-hmm. you know, I know back in my day, you had a lot of material when you started the job, starting mm-hmm. with your job description. Yeah. If you were a plumber, you were a plumber. If you were yeah. a admin, you were an admin. In mm-hmm. today's world, there is no job description. When you come in, there is a job department. And so you mm-hmm. do every task, and they call it multitasking, in that mm-hmm. entire department. And so what I've found over the years, is people are less skilled in one particular area. They have limited skills in a whole bunch of areas. And so when you go in and you try to have a conversation with someone or you try to help develop them or you try to even find out what do you do at your job? 
Are you finding a difference in the ability to communicate that in today's world, just based on all the different things they're asked to do as an employee? Or is it more simple in today's world because everything is more electronic? I mean, what are you finding as you try to get to the meat of these issues as being your most, uh, you know, one of your one of your one of your problematic areas? Well, in any case, no matter what the task or product or service is, the only the primary component that one is managing again is people. Electronics are instruments which assist a person to accomplish a given end, whether that be a computer or the handheld computer that most people have that they call a phone. What they do not realize is it's not a phone. It's actually a handheld computer with a phone application in them which they can use. But there are many things that you can do with your quote-unquote phone because it's actually a computer. Now, so that's just an instrument, a tool like a pencil. The... A computer screen is replacing the typewriter, which is a replacement for the pencil or pen. And a tablet, which is now your screen on your computer. So if we eliminate all of those things, the computer, the activities, I mean the, the instrument, they're just instruments to accomplish an objective. So in either case, you always have to deal with the people who have the responsibility to do the work that's necessary. Even whether that work is several tasks or one task. You must know what those several tasks are that that person is required to produce. You must know if that person can carry out each of those several tasks that they've been assigned to do. Just because a person has been assigned to do a given job does not necessarily mean they know how to do the job. You must know that they can deliver the service according to a set of specifics to achieve the end. Again, if I want to make cake, then I got to have a person that make, not only makes the cake, but make icing on the cake. I need to know that that person not only can make cake, but they also know how to make the specific flavors of icing necessary based upon the business plan, if you like, or the goal of the company. Since they're not just selling one flavor, they're selling several. If a icing maker knows how to make all of the icings, but I find that there's one they don't quite make as well because that's the one that's not selling like the other nine, let's say, then we need to look at that particular flavor to do something to improve the quality of that flavor so they can compete with the others because Uh, the public is buying that service. Okay. If they also are, lastly, if they also make cake, the question is, are they making good icing but poor cake? So if the cake isn't pro- isn't the quality of cake that one wishes to put good icing on, now we got to look at what do we de- what do we need to do to improve the quality of the cake along with quality icing, and then we got to look at packaging and other kinds of things and pricing in order to ensure that the cake that's produced is actually affordable for the uh, consumer, and that the consumer actually likes the cake and will come back and buy that cake again a second, a third, or a fourth time. So my analysis is to approach each of those components, no matter how many they are, in order to assure that we get a highly uh, tasty, good, loving, I want to buy again and again cake. Hmm. Now, my, my, and the reason why this is so interesting to me, and, and, and fam, I know this may be over some of you guys' head. I know some of you guys are black. What are you doing? But you guys got to take it from all sides. In order for us to become better, we have to be educated. And 
one of the things that interests me, and I'm gonna bring it all the way down to the level of some of my listeners that gotta keep it basic. You know, yes. one of the first things we learn in engineering is keep it simple. So it's yes. not an insult, it's a way in which you develop skills. So I don't ever yes. want a person to think they're being insulted because we're making something clear. And so I wanna break down my confusion with organization in modern society and why this was so important to me in terms mm-hmm. of this being a topic on this call. And I'll just use the supermarket. And mm-hmm. so when I walk into a supermarket today and I see a bunch of computers uh, checking me out of the store. So now I walk into a place of business, I'm buying your product, but you're making me bag my own product and I don't even have someone to talk to in terms of I have any questions about anything that went on in that store. So basically you're just trying to get me out the store. So I have a few cashiers in the store. So they have a few departments in the store. So when I ask the person that's running the computer area, what is your job type? Mm-hmm. Are you cross-trainable? Can you go from here to being a cashier on that computer and vice versa? Most mm-hmm. of them go yes. So mm-hmm. I go then from there, okay, if that is a yes, then what is the qualifications for running this computer? Can you repair it? Can you change the tape in it? Is there certifications for it? Do you know how to program it? What makes you qualified to work in this area? And so mm-hmm. the answers that I'm given is what begins to have me ask the questions that I ask in terms of analyzing the organization in the new millennium. And some of the answers I get is, no, it's just my job to make sure that the customers are okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, if you can't do none of the things I just subscribed, then how are the customer going to be okay? <laughs> so then we begin to define what is the customer being okay with? So my question, again, goes back to, and you answered it so eloquently in terms of having to really get beneath the issue and make sure all the components function together as a team because there is no individuality. And so everything must work cohesively in order to go out of that back end door with a confidence a customer's gonna come back. And so in order for me to come back to that supermarket, everything on that cash side better flow smoothly. I better not have any complaints in the store because there's no one to answer. I better understand that whatever I'm taking out of that store, I better be able to carry. So there's certain rules if I want to go to the computer side versus if I want to go to the side with the people. So I have to begin to understand that. So I thank you for going through that because that, that that's very important. But I want to move on to the family because okay. Black men over 50, like I said, I tell my family out there, when you get over 50, you've made enough mistakes. You've made enough positive advancements that now your words begin to matter. And so I think the family is one of the biggest issues that confront us in today's society. And so some of the things you talked about in your introduction, as I said, are more like family cultivation. And so I put a couple key points down here that I like to... uh, kind of go over uh, one by one, you know, in a small amount of time so we can kind of get through these things. But one of the things that you said, and I think it's very important, is what are the fundamentals that you think are necessary to become an A, a man, and be a father? I mean, are there fundamental activities 
that need to be done in order for you to achieve those those goals? Yeah, it um, it it has to do basically with understanding that biology, of course, plays a part in configuring what a a boy is and a girl. Okay, so the boy grows up; he's just getting body size. So he's he's becoming a teenager, or he becomes an adolescent. He becomes a teenager. He subsequently becomes a larger-bodied male. Now, just because his body grows does not mean he's a man, because a man is a product of culture. It has to do with what does he need to learn in order to sustain life, in order to protect the community or village, and certainly to protect his family. There are things and instructions that he needs to do that. If we can break that down, or say break it apart in a very basic way, you're born. Were you born a male? Where does the instruction come from? It has to come from another man, or a male who's achieved manhood. So there is a big difference between just being a male and being a man. Some of the basic elements that's required for a human being is a person who has a sense of ethics, a sense of integrity, a sense of honor, a sense of responsibility, and certainly accountability. When we pass these traits into males, we find that. If males have a sense of ethics, i.e., agree that there are specific things that they need to do to further the survival of the family, to protect the family, in order to assure that it progresses not only physically but also spiritually and mentally, then we will have a body of agreements that makes it possible for him to sustain those agreements and carry out the necessity to maintain a sense of integrity. By integrity, simply means something that's whole, something that's complete, something that you can trust, and someone that you can count on. Carry out the task that's necessary to protect the household, protect the girls, to protect the boys, train the boys to become men, train the daughters to become women, because they are going to become future wives. Then, of course, there's honor involved because you have to honor your word.、Mm-hmm. There's responsibility involved because there are tasks that you're going to have to carry forth, and that those tasks carry forth properly. With great skill and competence is going to result in stability. And when you do say you're going to do something, you must be held accountable. Those traits are essential for men to become or boys to become men. And that is the culture orientation. Culture actually holds a group together. Cultures, families are defined on the basis of culture. So, what is a culture? What is a family in China? Must have certain basic elements. Whether you go from Africa or to Spain, at the same time you will get a different kind of behavior pattern from a Spanish family versus an Italian family versus an African family versus a family from Croatia. There are different traits that are involved in that. Right. Right. Okay. Understood. Understood. And that, that kind of went into the second one in terms of the result. Now,、mm-hmm. when you take both of those elements. You know, when you say you know, there are responsibilities, there are there's honor, there's respect, there are certain certain certain. You know, when you make that Kool-Aid, there are certain ingredients to get that、yes. good-tasting, great Kool-Aid. When you、yes. make that Kool-Aid, you create what we call a head of household. Now,、yes. I remember back in my day, you know, it wasn't just the guy that got the biggest tax return. Yes. You know, the head of household had a whole lot of factors involved. I mean, this was the guy that could fix everything from the Chevy to the heater when it went out. Plus, he went、mm-hmm. to work all day. 
you know, plus he could do the homework. I mean, this guy was like the jack of all trades. But mm-hmm. in today's world, the young man is faced, the young black man is faced with so much diversity in terms mm-hmm. of he has to not only do that, everything that was forementioned, he has to also be 50-50 in the home with the home responsibility inside the house. Mm-hmm. He's also got to be able to do the manly things at work, you know, talk about the sports and, you know, be up on top of the male activities that's going on. And so what does the term head of household mean to you now in this millennium as you've been around to see it cultivate into what it is now? Well, the sense of responsibility hasn't changed. What has changed is the activities that might be involved. The, the jack of all trades, say, of 50 years ago, if he lived on a farm, he had to know how to repair equipment. He had to know uh, things about um, botany in order to plant the proper food at the proper time. Because if he didn't know that, then the crops would fail. Mm-hmm. If he did not understand how to use the tools on the farm, the result would be that he would starve to death. If he didn't know how to sharpen an axe, he was in trouble because oftentimes he's isolated in a geographic area on 100 acres of land and town is 25 or 50 miles away so he had to know how to do things. So each period of time is going to demand something very different of each group of people that are living in that time. But the basic responsibilities remain the same. That is, you have to keep a continuity of harmony within the household. He has to make certain that the family understands his role, that is, what he does, how he does it, and there's an expectation that he will honor his word and carry forth the agreements that he's made. He's responsible for making sure that the harmony within the family, the boys learn what they need to learn from him in the field or on the farm, and the girls learn how to bake bread or to cook, because that is what they're going to have to do, or whatever the tasks are in order to assure that the survival of the family is maintained. So the task will change, but the actual responsibilities will change depending upon the availability of various kinds of resources and the progress of time. Now, we live in an age that is technologically different, but the human being is actually the same. If the human being does not understand that the only thing that is shifting and changing is the technology. For example, again, as I said, a typewriter replaces how to write. Well, there was a time when we didn't have pencils. There was chalk. I've, I've been an architect for nearly, nearly 60 years. Well, there was a time when we had to sharpen our pencils as opposed to having what is now called lead holders. Well, you consider now, most architectural work is done by computer, and many of the architects and student architects cannot draw. They do not know how to use a pencil. They do not know how to use a T-square. They do not know how to use a scale or a set of triangles, because all of that information is actually in the computer, a computer program. So the technology has changed, but the responsibility remains the same for the architect to design a functional environment in order to carry out the work or the lifestyle that is necessary for the client who hires him to do that work. That has not changed, but the tools by which he has available to him to use to carry out that work certainly has changed dramatically. Okay, okay, all right, all 
Well, well, now, now, you hit on some, like I said, this is Black Man Over 50, coming with another podcast, I'm coming with heavyweights, I hope you're taking notes, I'm writing, I'm, I'm, I'm learning, uh, we got Mr. Yusef Sadar with us, he's taking time out of his schedule to kind of give us some feedback, kind of give us some, some intuitive information on some things that are going on in today's society, and so... We talked a lot about about the family. We talked about business. We talked about the head of household. We talked about how we integrate ourselves to create a winning team. You know, it's easy yeah. to lose. You don't have to even work out, exercise. You don't have to show up to lose. But to try to win uh, requires some elements. And so I'm going to kind of go off script here and touch on something that might that might offend some people, it might open up some wounds, it's definitely gonna get everybody's attention. And we're gonna talk about the role of woman. And so mm-hmm. I think that I think that you know, <clears throat> women bear the burden irregardless of what they do. It seems like, you know, they can't win for losing. Uh, they were given the task of being the only one to reproduce. And so when you when the bar is set that high. Uh, you know, I used to tell women all the time that mom turned upside down was wild for a reason. You know, because, <laughs> you know, uh, dad turned upside down ain't nothing but just dad. You know, it don't change okay. no matter what. You can flip it backwards, turn it upside down. It's still just dad. But mom, if you turn that upside down, I mean, it's wild because it's just an amazing, an amazing creature. I mean, amazing. Okay. And so the role of woman in your perspective, and I, and I want to break it down into four categories. Like I said, we're not sure. trying to offend. We're not trying to get a feminist, uh, feminist minded on the show, but it's important. And I want to yeah. know the role of mother, the role mm-hmm. of daughter, the role of sister, and with mm-hmm. this new me movement going on. And, mm-hmm. and the fact that the boundaries are very blurry now. I mean, you are, uh, you're guilty. And then you have to prove yourself innocent. And and I get it. You know, don't get me wrong. I don't think anyone should be treated unfairly in any situation. And that's mm-hmm. a, a whole entire another podcast. Yeah. But we have to have boundaries. And we have to have cause and effect in any situation. And so mm-hmm. if the workplace is a place in which, you know, I tell people in the old days, a workplace used to be an ally. It used to be a place where you had your benefits. It used to be a place where you had coworkers that you could talk to after work about certain issues. It was an environment or a community that you you thrived in. Now, a workplace is your adversary. You got external relationships going on at the job. You can take saying hello to being uh, uh, misunderstood and you could lose your job just saying hello in the wrong text um, mm-hmm. advancement is very limited in these days because of the computer you know jobs are getting just out phase. so i think that talking about women as co-workers for black men is very important and so i want to come at you like i said in terms of what do you think the role of woman is in terms of nurturing the black man and helping him to get back to the level in which he was uh, not too long ago? Well, much has to do with the perspective that men have concerning women and women have concerning men. 
women are the custodians of our children. They are the vessel by which everyone comes to the planet. That can't happen without the assistance of a man or a male, let's say. The male and the female are instrumental in the birth of children. You cannot have people unless you have both of those components involved. That is not exclusive to a male, that is not exclusive to a female. Those two components are essential for there to be the birth of children. Women are the most valuable and cherished part of our lives, provided we understand not just simply the role they play, but how vital it is for them because they're the first teachers of our children. If we do not respect and appreciate the presence of the female in its relationship to humanity, what we get is a distortion, and that distortion is driven by two very basic factors, one of which having to do with sex. Well, sex is nothing more than a biological inclination for the human being to have a desire to participate in something that he or she understands very little other than the fact that they have the urge to do it. Now, there are two primary urges that human beings have. One is eating, and the other one is sexual activity. You can't get rid of those two urges. If you need food, you're going to get hungry. If you get hungry, you're going to find something to eat. That same thing is true with your desire to participate in sex. The reason it's important to recognize that is because you cannot avoid the behavior that comes as a result of people not understanding how and the value of participating in something, but also becomes essential for the men or the males to learn how to say no. It isn't the female that must learn how to say no as much as it is the male that must learn how to say no. Amen. Now I'll expand this, I'll expand this even further. To my knowledge, and I'm 75 years old, every male that I've ever talked to over the course of my lifetime was taught about sex by a female. I'll repeat that. Every male that I know except for the fact that I haven't met them all. But if you have a survey of males, most of the males that I've ever talked to, all of them I've ever talked to, were taught to how to, how to engage in sex by females. Therefore, the urge driven by males is all too frequently interested in the female not as a vessel of love and care and a respect and appreciation of her mind or her intellect, but the fact that she's 34, 22, 37. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that predisposition, meaning he's predisposed, he's excited by a visual indication of those measurements, the result is he cares very little about the way that she thinks. That filters over into the workplace. Now, because the male has abused the verbal communications to the female so frequently, laws had to be developed in order to curtail his behavior because he's the one that had the greatest amount of external expression of attraction to a female, even though the male asked the female permission to get married, which means that he, in fact, is at the effect of the woman because she teaches him as a male 
to engage in sex, but he doesn't understand that as much as he is overwhelmed by the fact that he wants to engage in something that he understands very little about. Those things filter over into the workplace. Laws have to be made to do that. So if you are choosing a mate as a female because of the way she looks, that's the wrong reason. That's like buying a cake because you think it's going to taste good because the icing looks well. Exactly. There's a level of insanity in misrepresentation by 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 way of misunderstanding as to what he's getting because he's choosing his mate, the female, for the wrong reason. She chooses him for a very specific reason. Much of that has nothing to do with how he looks. Now we can tell that we walk down the street every day and wonder how is she with him. <laughs> yes, exactly. You follow me? Mm -hmm. So what I'm suggesting to you is that there are aspects of this that requires more understanding and more conversation and more involvement other than the fact that the female is a particular way. The respect that has to be a contributed to the female is completely off-center because without her, there can be no human being because she's the custodian for at least nine months of most children. I know of no male that can have children, and I know of no female that can explain to a male what it's like to have a child. Now, with that in mind, there's a quality of communication that is essential, but cannot be bridged because a woman cannot tell a man what it's like to have a baby, and he will never be able to get from another woman what it is like to have, because she cannot explain it, because it has to do with experience, and only experience that she can have. So that gap in communication will exist. The best that we can do as male is to say, I don't know, but know that we don't know. But that means it doesn't discard the responsibility that we have to respect that this is the vessel of our children. And in fact, the last part I'll say, every man has to confirm the existence and the ownership of that child by the woman because he doesn't know if that's his child. But she does know that that is her child. Mm, amen, amen. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Like I said, I'm over here writing, fam. Like y'all know me, you know. I don't take any information just in the head. I always put pen in the paper. And so I want to get into the conclusion here. One of the things he said was that he was 75 years old. If you didn't get that, you better rewind. And so when you're getting that type of wisdom coming at you, uh, it demands respect. And so in conclusion, I want to ask Yusuf, uh, how many children do you have, uh, uh, Yusuf? Do you have any? I have 11 children. I have two daughters. My, I should have, I should say I had 11 children. My uh, my oldest daughter recently died. Oh, she was 50. Goodness. Thank you, sir. And I have nine sons. So there's 10 children left out of 11. Oh my God, you know, see, now fam, we were just talking about taxes the other day on one of the podcasts, and we was talking about in 2020, uh, when a child is born, the United States government gives them upwards of 3500 per child, and mm -hmm. we were just talking about how, you know, this generation is struggling to know what to do with this tax money, and so when you talk in terms of the old school, having nine and ten children, Mr. Yusuf, right now, 
you would be getting, if you had nine, ten children, you'd be getting $35,000 tax-free from Uncle Sam. I mean, hasn't, <laughs> hasn't the world changed? I mean, oh my God. So that's a blessing. Praise God. Well, with that well, piece, huh? May I add one other thing, too, just for the sake of discussion, and for which we can have another session if you like. But I, I will say to you that all of my children are not my biological children, but they are my children. Oh, absolutely. Amen to okay. that. Amen to now, that. Now, the, the, the reason that that's significant to understand, at least for me to state, that my sons and daughters are my sons and daughters, and I do not permit them, have ever permitted them to make a distinction between their brothers and sisters, even though those who are not persons that they grew up with. That's irrelevant. Absolutely. Praise God. Praise God. No, 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 no. You know, I was going to say uh, that, you know, you were going to take the last uh, uh, segment anyway. You know, like I said, when I end the podcast, especially with this, of this magnitude, with this level of, uh, of uh, you know, people that we have on the podcast, I like to conclude with them having the last word. And so, uh, no, absolutely. You know, when you talk in terms of, uh, you know, children, and just what it means, especially in today's day. Uh, and I think we talked to Mr. Osi about the definition of son uh, in terms of so many fatherless men out there. And, you know, just taking other children under your wing that's not in your bloodline or for whatever reason. So definitely uh, 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 understand that. Uh, but how would you conclude? Like I said, we, we talked about a lot. You know, we, we've been going for about 40 minutes, and, you know, I tell them, it's like church, you know, we don't end it until it's done. And so uh, yeah. it's been a blessed, blessed evening. But in taking all this information, and, and like I said, the goal being just basically black life, you know, yes. uh, the overview. And I mean, what we're going through in terms of just trying to get it all together. How would you yes. conclude this message uh, in, in, in 60 I would, seconds? I would just add the fact that we must understand as African people in America, each person, there's not an African person on the planet that hasn't lost a relative to the degradation of what it meant to participate in a country that's not our native land. We must recognize that, understand that, embrace that, look at our children as being children, look at our family as being a family, look at our brothers as being brothers, as, as Will Poe and I have only talked to each other personally directly I should say we've only seen each other maybe twice uh-huh. in out the entire three four years but we remain good friends we remain men that care about each other and we are interested in making sure that our family is a whole wholesome and that our lives are happy and prosperous well 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 we're gonna conclude with that like I said this is black man over 50 coming with you with another black man podcast on February 27th, and you know, February 20th. No, this is uh, we're in March. Oh, man. Yes, we are. The year is rolling. We on March right. 2nd, March 2nd on Monday night. We're coming at you with another Black Man Over 50 podcast, and we just want to thank Mr. Youssef for coming at us tonight. We had a lot of topics, good information. Uh, I'll have some information in the uh, description below so you can follow uh, Mr. Youssef and get in touch with him through the social media if you got any questions for him. Uh, so, Mr. Youssef, we want to say thank you. We want to give Thank a you, shout sir, out. and I appreciate your, uh, the opportunity. Thanks again. Absolutely. We want to give a shout-out. And with that being said, black out. Black man over 50.